Riding my bicycle. Riding my bicycle. Chrome frame and be a bicycle seat. 
Talk. This is Nick. It is April 24th, Saturday morning, and we are in the studio. We have Andy Lika from Blessing of the Bikes on the line. We also have Avram, who I know from Toe. Hi, Avram. How you doing? How's everyone? Good morning. Avram's an avid biker. Yes, I am. I also a caterer, too. Cyclist caterer on Ala um, Brava. You may have heard of us. Some vegan soy chorizo tacos. The bomb. So, and that's great, because you know when you're biking, you need to eat. That's the fuel, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, okay, so we'll talk to you more in a minute, but we got Andy Lika of Blessing on the Bikes on the line. Hello, Andy. Howdy. How you doing? Can you tell us about uh, the Blessing of the Bikes? Sure, the Blessing of the Bicycles. This is going to be the seventh annual Blessing of the Bicycles at Good Samaritan Hospital, and it's going to be on May 18th uh, from 8 to 9.30. And uh, it's the seventh annual. It's an absolute blast that the... Uh, we have everybody join in, and we have, uh, it's, although it's non-denominational, it's uh, really kind of all denominational. We have a uh, Catholic priest, Episcopalian reverend, an imam, a rabbi, and a Buddhist monk, usually. And uh, wow. it's just a fun event right in front of the hospital. We've had it uh, each year. We give the Golden Spoke Award for uh, the person who has just really reached out and kind of 
followed what our vision in it is, and that is really to uh, create a world in which everybody can enjoy the pleasure and safety of a bike ride. Fairly simple. So uh, Mayor, Mayor Reardon, past Mayor Reardon, received it, uh, Councilman Tom LaBonge, and this year uh, Mary Stone, who was the prosecutor of the case that took place in Mandeville Canyon with the uh, physician, Dr. Thompson, I think is his name, who uh, injured the two uh, cyclists, seriously injured them. And she has really stepped forward with a volunteer team to, again, set the tone uh, to take care of cyclists. How did this event start, and how did it come to Good Samaritan Hospital? Well, we, um, you know, one day I, uh, at my office, I'm president and CEO of Good Samaritan Hospital, and uh, as in my office, and I read the paper that they had the blessing of the animals, and so um, I figured I'd do it just one step better, bless bicycles, and uh, have a fun time at it. So even though it has a serious side to it, that they're roughly, um, I think in 2007, there are 698 bicyclists that died in traffic crashes and more than half a million uh, bicyclists who visit the emergency room, including ours, um, I wanted to recognize that fact, but also have things like a bicycle tune-up, and we have the Metro out there, um, REI, and other folks that support bicycling, the L.A. County Bicycle Coalition. We have, uh, of course, always the um, downtown um, messengers, which uh, need a lot of protection. Right, and uh, we've seen a number of them, not only in our emergency room, but I've followed them through the years and helped them out. They've even had uh, their babies up in our OB department. Mm. We'll have the uh, police department there. We have bicycle clubs that uh, come in. Hopefully, Lagrange Bicycle Club comes in because the cyclists, one of them at least, belong to that cycling club. People throughout the community, and we have um, a lot of kids that come in for a bicycle tune-up and so forth to ensure, you know, safety. We check, you know, oftentimes kids don't have their helmets adjusted properly. So we just kind of step in and, uh, you know, I give that uh, year's guarantee that if you don't get your best bicycle blessed, well, don't come crying to me because uh, it'll be good for a year. <laughs> so, so at least once a year we can get all these services at Hospital. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's our seventh annual. If you show up there early, you're one of the early ones. We have really cool, cool pins. They're an angel riding a bicycle. And we also have uh, T-shirts, uh, wonderful T-shirts this year. We change them each year. This year it shows on the left a uh, gasoline pump, and underneath it it says crude. And to the right it shows a bicycle pump, and it says refined. Yeah. I'm so, uh I'm looking yeah, at that free. right now, yeah. Yeah, we also have, you may see, we have uh, spoke cards and so forth for the cyclists. So it's just, you know, it's an hour-and-a-half event, and everybody just loves it. Uh, we've had a lot of television coverage, Channel 5, newspapers. We've had even helicopters out there from the air shooting it. So uh, we do one, uh, what I call a victory lap or a blessing just around the block um, of the hospital, uh, to kind of bless the patients inside who are sick and need healing. And it just sets the right tone and awareness. So, you know, I, I just would encourage everyone to come out, even if you say 8 o'clock, I don't wake up at that time in the morning, right? Mm -hmm. So I have to usually urge my messenger guys to get up, come on out and have some fun and support us. Well, it is a, a weekday. It's a work day. So yeah, that's, that's right. It is a weekday, and so... 
Um, you know, at Good Samaritan Hospital, I just I really support our employees. We have about fifteen hundred and forty-three employees, and uh, we reimburse them each month. We uh, give them a, a little stipend if they ride their bicycles wow. to work. I do, and a lot of my friends uh, at work do. So, you know, employers, this is one of those things. Uh, you know, try to give them even at eight o'clock. 8 o'clock to 9.30, we try to have it early in the morning. Some people can't ride in, so they actually bring their bicycle in with them in their car to work just to get it blessed. Either way is okay with us. We take one, we take all. That's fantastic. Here, my uh, co-host for the day, Avram, wants to ask you a question, okay? Sure. Hi. Good morning. Um, my question was, basically, as far as you mentioned uh, Channel 5 News and or the channel or whatnot, and... Can you give us more of an idea of how the city is reacting or how they're supporting the, the cycle, um, bicycle culture in Los Angeles as far as promoting more safety, uh, whether it's street signs, um, more media coverage on television, anything like that? Yeah, there's a bike plan out. And, you know, the people who have really tried to work together with the city, is, as far as I know, there may be more, but one group is, of course, the L.A. County Bicycle Coalition. You know, having said that, you know, we want to promote a bike culture, you know, that's safe and it's inviting for folks. On the other hand, you know, I, I ride in. I, uh, I live up in La Cunada and I ride into uh, downtown Los Angeles, you know, two to three times a week. And I can tell you that the roads are just absolutely terrible condition. Uh, you know, the potholes and everything else. And yet I recognize that uh, the mayor and and other officials, they have a tight budget crunch upon them. You know, I, I recognize that. Yet, um, I've seen a lot of these potholes, you know, and I've called in on the 311 line and all, but I've seen a lot of these potholes that have been there for well over a year, and they're deep. And, you know, for a car to run over them, you'll get, you know, a little misalignment for a bicycle to hit them. Uh, you'll flip right out of these holes because many of them are four inches or more deeper they're long. If you're riding in in the morning, and it's even though it's daylight savings time, if you have to get up early, it's dark. Even with a light, if you hit one of these things, I'm telling you, I have taco to rim, um, and I've you know thrown water bottles out just this last week. Um, you know, thrown water bottle out on uh, Verdugo Boulevard coming in, and also there's a if there's construction, I would just urge people that do the trenching for plumbing underneath or for electrical underneath, you've got to fill the hole back up to the level of the street. You can't leave it, you know, uh, four inches deep. On Lucas at 5th Street, I called in this week, that one alone. I mean, it's just when you hit those things, they'll bounce you right off your bike. You'll crash. So, you know, we, we need to do more as bicyclists to work with city officials to try to take care of these really dangerous situations on the street. Well, thank you so much, Andy, and it's really great to hear all the stuff you're doing. I did not know you were doing all that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, please come out again May 18th, uh, 8 o'clock in the morning in front of Good Samaritan Hospital on Wilshire and Whitmer in downtown Los Angeles, and uh, I'll take care of you. I'll get you blessed. All right. Great. Thanks a lot. I will. Okay. All right. Take care. Take care, too. Bye. Well, I didn't know about that. Did you? No, I didn't. He uh, is doing a lot. Thing. Yeah, yeah. But I'm impressed. CEO of Good Samaritan. Yeah, yeah. CEO, 1,500 employees. Uh, and he sounds like he really knows 
he's really knows biking. Yeah. I mean, he's talking about tacoing a wheel. I mean, he's got... Yeah, when he said that, I was like, oh, man, he's into it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, mm-hmm. the only... So, tell me, Avram, about your business. Um, well, it's been in effect for about, uh, I don't know, I'd say six months. And just, you know, trying to keep it, keep it more consistent. Uh, you know, there's uh, quite a few... It's it's a bit of a idealist kind of business thing. I'm trying to organize it as a cooperative and legitimize it. Um, the product uh, I make from scratch, so it's like you can't find it in your local markets. There's similar um, products, um, but uh, in any case, mine mine is unique because I make it myself. And Des- it, describe it. Can you describe the product? Well, it's chorizo de soya. Mm-hmm. Um, it's soybean texturized vegetable protein, mm-hmm. and it's just seasoned up to taste like the um, like chorizo. Um, you know, I put a. Tortilla. I've seen you at events. Yeah. With your whole setup, you got the. What is that? Um, well, it's pretty basic. It's really simple. It's like kind of like a, so. I I was using a um, backpacker's um, grill, a camping grill, uh, which is a small uh, propane cylinder, and you know just kind of put it in my bag or. You know, I have a large uh, bag or a trailer. Trailer is much more pleasant. Um, and just go out. Right now, I'm just taking care of, like, venues and events of that sort. Um, you know, I try and stay off the, off the streets um, because uh, I don't want to deal with the city hounding me. Mm-hmm. But um, things, things have been great. Uh, we're trying to, you know, I'm trying to get more people... Uh, interested in uh, influencing them with uh, organizing with me where um, I want to push for a more cooperative um, uh, business structure amongst uh, mm-hmm. community advocates mm-hmm. so that I just really feel that this would give a, a further push to um, to bring about sustainability to low-income communities or whatnot, mm-hmm. creating jobs for them instead of just like, you know, yelling at the city hall or whatnot mm-hmm. and telling them like, where's our jobs? Right. Like just Making start jobs. creating our own. You know. So, do, and what about uh, the capitalist model? Do you have any problems with that? Um, well, you know, I, I do. I don't like the, the hierarchy. I personally um, don't like it. I, every time I get a job, a, a, a regular job or whatever, where I pay taxes and stuff, I always go home feeling ripped off. Mm-hmm. You know, um, all the taxes they take. Um, on top of that, dealing with managers and supervisors, always hounding you, pushing you more and more to push product. Um, you know, and then you're just has a has a general employee. You're dispensable without, you know. And, and be, the one that really gets me is that you have these corporate companies that are billion dollar companies, like you know, fast food chains and and etc. And you know, none of these. They're billion-dollar companies, and none of them really offer you a full-time part in 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 your um, job position, you know. And the mm-hmm. and everyone, I, most people, I think, are familiar with the catch is that they don't want to pay for benefits. And be once you become a full-time employee, that's that's what you get. You, you're supposed to get health benefits, so they they don't want to give you that, you know. And these are companies that are way wealthy, should be able to do it, should be obligated to do it, but. In essence, that's a whole other community advocacy that I'm not familiar with and don't really understand why no one's really on that. 
But anyways, yeah, so yeah. the way I'm trying to do it cooperatively is just trying to bring about an equality amongst different uh, trades. It, you mean uh, within within a uh, employer employee relationship or um yeah just kind of like uh, going for whether it's anything from construction to you know a uh, small little taco truck um from anything just organizing the 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 company cooperatively in a sense of like you know the manager the supervisor i mean in my book I, people have expressed that it would be difficult to get a manager or supervisor or something that would take less or take about the same pay as the actual construction worker. But the way I see it, you know, those are the people that are doing the work. They're, mm-hmm. you know, they're doing the work, but because they went to school for four years or whatever, you know, <laughs> um, got a little roach kicking it on my sunglasses. That's pretty cool. <laughs> it's too bright out of here. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's pretty gross. I'm sorry about that. It's okay. It happens. We all have little critter friends hanging around. Um, yeah, you know, I, I just really feel that, that the worker's not really um, being appreciated as they should be. Uh, you know, they work in the overtime, you know. And I think psych- psychologically, like, and traditionally, the, the worker, the employee has has neglected himself and accepting the way it is, you know. Um the way it is now, you know, I remember when I was really into the workforce or whatnot, um, you know, I'd get excited because they were offering us overtime. You know, I was like, oh, you know, my, my rate and a half, like, great. But then now, like, you know, with the consciousness that I have now, I'm like, do I want to do that? Do I really care to do that? That's more of my life that I have to be somewhere that I'd rather be elsewhere, you know? I enjoy my life, enjoying the sunlight, whatever, enjoying my children, all well, that good stuff. And so now you, you're doing something that I would guess you actually do enjoy. Yes, I do enjoy it. I do enjoy it very much. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I kind of already foreseen, oftentimes I catch myself daydreaming uh, um you know, seeing my product at like farmers, local farmers markets, or you know, it's it's all vegan. So like, that's the great part. It's um, you know, a- anyone can enjoy it. And you make it. Yes, I make it. So how do you make it? Well, that's a secret. Is it? <laughs> um, I well, no. I mean, it's it's really simple. It's just you know, simple seasonings, um, really basic seasonings and stuff. And um, I soak the the soy protein because it comes uh, dry. So I, I soak it and I take the water out, um, you know, I squeeze the water out and then I just season it up. The seasoning is pretty basic um, because of corporate genre or whatnot. I'd rather keep the ingredients to myself just in case like later on when I become infamous, the infamous <laughs> taco dude, they don't try and hound me saying that I'm making their own product. So I, I, I need a further um, look and research like, you know, how to... Um, market my product or whatnot um so what kind of do you go to rides um no uh, i have a a a friend of mine um that's with toe uh, donnie pepper he he does grilled cheese uh sandwiches and he's usually handles rides yeah um those are good yeah they are really good i I really enjoy them and um yeah the reason why i don't really cover rides is my my trailer is not really set up to to do it and rides are so quick that i have 
very you know i have the garnishment so i have all these little containers that i have to carry around but um it's something that I, that i should be doing um that I, I will be doing i just need to set up my trailer to make it a little bit more uh convenient for me and, and yeah but you are kind of in the bike scene oh yeah yeah i'm in the bike scene in the sense of you know uh, when i get the chance because this i'm doing this as a livelihood this isn't uh, like a hobby or a part-time gig this this is um something i'm trying to make a living out of um you know it's not making me no thousands or anything like that but it's making me enough to to um get by and so i just you know i try and work as much as i can um as far as a bike scene like you know i I, my bike is everything. My bike is my car. My bike is my livelihood right now also. So. I'm sorry about the cockroaches in here, man. <laughs> hey, sorry. Really gross. Um, so uh, speaking of which, uh, you know, at what point do you start getting the little grades? What do you mean? A, you know, the city rates. Oh, the city rates. Well, um that I'm not sure of. Um, I, I am looking for legal purposes. I'm looking to get me a business license. Um, I think right now it's just going to be a business license in the, in the sense of, you know, ch um, being able to prove that I have a business license and I'm self-employed. Um, as far as getting a, an actual, like, uh, catering license or whatnot, I, um, yeah, I, I just... Sorry. You know, that's something further that I need to look into so that I don't get harassed. Well, we can return to that, okay? Uh, we got Arisha on the phone from the LACBC. Cool. Hey, Arisha, how you doing? Good, how are you? I'm great. We're talking to Aram. He runs a uh, sort of a bike-related uh, soy, soy riso catering business. Oh, cool. So what's going on this week? Lots of stuff. Yeah? We yeah. have... Um the Bicycle Awareness Ad Contest. Oh, really? What's that? Which is a, a partnership with Midnight Riders and um, the City of L.A., as well as Jeff McFetrich, who's going to be designing them. Mm. So that, and Truth Blog did an article about that um, yesterday, so that's exciting. And then there are two city council meetings next week that are important, and um, an update on the 10% for local returns. So well, busy. okay, let, let's actually open these up and maybe if we can for a minute like what's the uh let's start with the uh just real quick the ad for the bikes the ad bike so regular people design ads and submit them yes so um the deal with the bicycle awareness ad contest is that um you know lacbc working with the net riders and the city we're presenting um la's first official street level bike safety campaign mm -hmm. and um we're kicking this off with a slogan contest and what this means is um, is that people are asked to submit their slogan um, in order to sort of aim at drivers to become more aware of um, the fact that cyclists are on our streets and that they start needing to start um, sharing the road with them. And so we've been working with the city of LA and LAPD to produce this safety ad campaign, and we have ad spaces in bus shelters and public amenity kiosks. Um, and then the winning slogan will have their um, slogan transformed into design by Jeff McFetrich, who is a very famous, internationally acclaimed graphic designer and visual artist who happens to also be an LA cyclist. So um, an Orange 20, 
as often as they are, is going to um, donate um, a prize to the winner as well. Well, that sounds amazing. How are you promoting this? At, at, you said uh, at bus shelters and things? Did you uh, say that? Or is that my the, imagination? The poster is going to be seen throughout L.A. on bus shelters and kiosks. Um, we're doing this contest. We're promoting it through, you know, different listservs and Midnight Riders. Did an article. At, and the Midnight Riders website, of course. Yes, yes. Midnight Riders, blogs. Um, personal emails, pass this on to anyone. This, this is not like, you don't have to be a cyclist in order to participate. And um, what's the prize and how long is the how long is it? It goes till May 5th and the prize is um, something from Orange 20, I'm not exactly sure. Well, and and I mean like how long, is it a minute thing or is it like a two minute thing or? Um, it's not a PSA, it's, an, it's a visual ad. So it needs to be like, you know, under 10 words. Oh. And what's the website again? You can go um, to la-bike.org slash slogan-contest. Okay, la-bike.org slash slogan-contest. Okay, great. Slash. And now tell me about these uh, city council meetings, if you could. Okay, so in follow-up of... Um, Earlier this week, there was a meeting um, at the Joint Budget Public Works Transportation Committee meeting, um, and they were talking about approving the recommendations for the 10% set aside in the Measure R local returns. And uh, a lot of people showed up, and luckily, you know, with, with that support, as well as the support from council members, some council members, as well as the mayor and DOT, we were actually able to get the motion passed, which is a really huge step forward. And so there was going to be follow-up with that now at full city council. Um, where we'll hopefully get full approval, final approval for the 10% set aside for bikes and pets, which would be fantastic and would mean that we would have $6.2 million for bikes and pets improvements in, um, wow. in the next year. The one, the one thing that we're sort of bummed about is that Parks and Smith, who were, you know, talking sort of against this and wanted it to be limited, um, so they they want up to 10%. But it did go through 10% the Rosendahl in order to accommodate their needs did say that we needed to, you know, spend spend this, see how we're going to spend this in the first year, and then go from there as far as, as that. So LACBC and other advocates are working really hard to make sure that that list of priorities goes out and that we see some, you know, action taken on this money within the next year if so it gets, you know, approved through uh, city council, full city council so on that's Wednesday. W- that's this Wednesday? The meeting's Wednesday, April 28th. Um, I think it's at 10 a.m. at City Hall. Uh-huh in room 340. And does it help to have people come? Yes. Okay, well, let's hope that people, lots of people make it out. How are you, uh, you, you hitting the lists and like midnight riders and stuff to get people out there? Yep, we're doing, you know, sending our newsletter out, sending Twitters and uh, Facebook, all, you know, midnight riders everywhere. You guys are doing a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so what's the second meeting? There's another one? Oh, and then there's the bike corral as well. Um, in Northeast LA, there's um, with Cycle, um, Cycle spearheaded a campaign, and LACBC is working on it with them um, to uh, have bike corrals. Um, and so there's um, there's a, a, an approval as well slotted for the full city council meeting on Tuesday, April 27th at I'm, 10 a.m. And, and just uh, bike corral is again. Bike crawl is like um, set aside p- 
parking, uh, bike parking area in one location. They have them in Portland and San Francisco, and it's, you know, it's very, um, it, it's just welcoming for bikes and says bikes belong to you here, and it's a safe space for bikes to park their bikes. Okay, and when would this meeting be? This is on Tuesday, April 27th at 10 a.m. at uh, City Hall, room 340. Same room? Room 340. Is that the bike room? Say it again? Is that the room where they discuss bike issues? That's the room. That's the full city council room. So they discuss lots of different things. It's just the biggest room they have there, I think, or one of the bigger ones. Well, um, and city hall meetings are fun, right? Oh, man. Woohoo! <laughs> exciting. They're just great because it's really a chance for people who want to get their voice heard to come out and speak and really make a difference. Okay, great. So hopefully people will go. And um, it is fun if you are into it. And what else? Yes. Is there anything else that you want to Um, I just want to remind people that, you know, uh, LA River Ride is coming up. So okay. join up. Be part of the action. Um, be part of the ride. We have lots of different rides going on. There's, you know, for families all the way to people who want to ride the, the 100 miles. So go to our website and you can check out. And if you register before May 15th, you get a discount. So... Now's the time. Okay, Website okay. is uh, la-bike.org. And what's the date of the river ride? June 6th. Thank you so much, Arisha. And I hope you sure. come again. Sure, my pleasure. Next week. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Yeah. yeah, they do a lot. Yeah, they do. That's a lot. That's well, the LA um, Bicycle Coalition? That yeah. Speaking to? yeah. It's like our version of New York's transportation alternatives. Mm -hmm. They're very on it, on everything. Yeah, I get, um, I'm on one of their lists. They're, co they're constant in, in big ways. Yeah, seriously. So what were we talking about? Um, um, cooperative uh, business structures. Um, yeah, so... Anyways, um, the tacos are bomb. <laughs> we're gonna we're, we're also working um, on upping up the the menu as far as like we've had um, some um, ve uh, vegan uh, chili bean and cheese, mm -hmm. which were really great. I'm trying to figure out how I can cater that on my bike trailer because at at one time um, they moved on to to other things. They got busy with with work. They went and got like these other jobs or whatnot. And um, but anyways, uh, there was a vehicle for a little while where we were able to cater in that sense. But um, so we had that the chili beans and uh, vegan cheese, which were really tasty. I'm gonna try and do that again on the trailer. We want to do the um, you know the elote, the elote on the sh on the sh on the streets, like you see the people. Um, yeah, selling yeah. The, the corn, corn on the cob uh -huh. with the mayonnaise. Yeah, yeah, that's great. So we're going to look into doing that also and just oh, making cool. it vegan, though. Uh -huh. We're using veganaise. and um, oh, great. Yeah, so, I mean, it's a menu that you might not Who's get. We? Um, we? Well, that's a good question. Who's we? <laughs> um, well, it varies. There's people that, you know, they, they show their interest. They're around. They come around when they want to and stuff. Um, it's, you know, it does get a little bit under my nail, but what can you do, right? Um, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm, 
I appreciate that their their willingness to say the least. Uh, so, but it's just a few individuals, and you know, um, we try and get out there and cover more ground and stuff. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. basically it. Um, Alibaba is very conspiracy orientated. No, <laughs> kidding. Um, it's just uh, yeah, just a few of us. Um, I don't know if they really care to say their names. Maybe one day we'll I'll invite the whole crew and see if they want to give their two cents that's cool well let me invite anybody who's listening to call in we our big listeners are um podcast we have over twelve thousand listeners on kpfk's podcast which is why we're very thankful for kpfk kpfk is great um right now we have just a few listeners but if anybody wants to call in the number is 213-252-0998 and if you're listening on the podcast, you can always call in only during Saturday shows, 10 a.m. to noon, on killradio.org. Okay, so how do bikes fit into your whole? Uh, what's your what's your bike plan as far as the the my, food and the bikes? My bike plan is well, it's you know um, a catering service that my goal as far as um, you know the initial startup was on my bike and a bike trailer. And so I'd like to see more of that. I'd like to see other individuals that think, you know, it is fun. Um, it's challenging because, uh, you know, depending on your recipe, depending on your product that you hold, it's some weight on there. Sometimes I ride around with my trailer weighing, you know, about 60, 70 pounds, uh, maybe even a little bit more. Um, but, uh, you know, I recommend a geared bike. Um, a friend of mine was saying, oh, I, I think I can do it on my fixie. I was like, I don't know, dude. It's, pretty, it's demanding. But um, so, um, yeah, you know, catering the Los Angeles area and uh, and just making it happen in, in that sense. And from there, you know, I'd, you know, I mean, we have uh, long-term goals of uh, getting a location and having some sort of, uh, you know, diner kind of set up. And um, continuing with the catering, talk to a couple other individuals, and um, some do photography, and others do bakery, um, some baked goods, and uh, we were thinking of doing another catering service in that sense of like maybe even getting into doing uh, birthday parties, uh, quinceañeras, or weddings, um, and just kind of setting up a package kind of deal in the sense of um, which would be you know focused um on uh, people that really support vegetarianism or veganism more than it more um and yeah so i mean there's there's a right now it's all in the woodwork so you know it's all kind of up in the air but for sure the bicycles catering is is happening it's you know i don't see it going away um yeah well because it seems like there's a real connection between food and biking because it's like food is the the gas of the bike yes yes definitely um man i couldn't tell you how many times i you know i'd go and i'd see uh mr pepper out there with his grilled cheese sandwiches and he's just like you know he's like a like a dj or something you know just (laughs) on the table like his hands are constantly moving and um you know, flipping it, sandwiches it, yeah, yeah there i and you know same i really need to get myself out there more on the on the um bike scene right now like my what i'm covering is the venues unfortunately um only because it's um the venues being 
venues like uh, art galleries, uh, different you know uh, movie screens, uh, uh, community groups that are doing uh, fundraisers or, or something um, of that sort. And yeah, but the, I'm I'm pretty sure the the Midnight Riders and everyone else is awaiting, making a line, waiting for my tacos to arrive. <laughs> okay. At least I hope so, man. All right, well, let's take a little you musical break. It. Uh, and if you want to call in, 213-252-0998 for Bike Talk. Everybody let me see you start a new race. Get real comfortable. You feed them on the pedal. And everybody when your body base to the treble. And everybody now, we went in anyhow. You dance for the people them. Aha! Messing some Trinidad. Spontaneous, let me go. Cause everybody wants to see the new brand show. The new dance bicycle wine. New dance bicycle wine. New dance bicycle wine. From the front tunnel behind you. Come to soca, say we can do them all. Put your mind to the test, get the stress off your chest. And everybody do the dance, ain't no shameless. They throw them on the side, get ready now to ride. You dance for the people, them, or keep your pride. Don't have to tell you twice, you don't know how it go. Now everybody rock up front and start the show. Say new dance, bicycle wine, new dance, bicycle wine, new dance, bicycle wine from the front tunnel. Combination. Grenada, Trinago, everybody ride. Say, put your feet to the pedal and your waist to the base. And everybody, let me see you start a new race. Get real comfortable, your feet them on the pedal. And everybody, when your body base to the treble. And everybody know, we went in anyhow. You dance for the people, them. Uh huh. Missing some Trinidad, spontaneous. Let me go. Cause everybody wants to see the new brand show. Everybody let me see you start a new race Get real 
the pedal And everybody when your body bass to the trouble And everybody now, we went in anyhow You dance for the people them Let's get this country dad Spontaneous, let me go Tell everybody what they see the new band show the new dance, bicycle wine New dance, bicycle wine New dance, bicycle wine From the front and all behind New dance, bicycle wine New dance, bicycle wine New dance, bicycle From the front and all behind So pedal back, pedal back, pedal back Pedal back, pedal back, pedal back Pedal back, say just like that Pedal from, pedal from, pedal from Pedal from, pedal from, pedal from Pedal from, do what you to the pedal and your waist to the bass and everybody let me see you start a new race so yeah we yeah. are back and um and you asked me about the doctor in the mandeville it's a, it's a voicemail yeah yeah um trying to leave a voicemail oh we're leaving um, a voicemail for <laughs> hey for the, hey, the Danny Pepper, good cheese morning. guy. Hey, give him a radio call, 213-252-0998. Um, we'd like you to speak about your grilled cheese um, catering there um, to the bike events. All right, talk to you later. Bye. Okay, so you asked me a question. Yeah, um, I was curious as far as uh, the, the doctor that the um, Good Samaritan, jeez, I forgot his name already. Uh, yeah, Andy Lika had mentioned. Um, what what was the 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 outcome, the conviction of that doctor? Um, I was just curious about that. I remember hearing about it when it first happened. Yeah, it's the, kind of the doctor in the Mandeville Canyon bike. Yeah, that was um, pretty thing. bad. Yeah. Um, so what did you hear about it? He got five years. Wow, yeah. five years. Well, that's All not right. even that much, really, when you consider he's a doctor and he intentionally. Well, I'm actually that surprised, to being that he's a doctor and has the money to buy the lawyers and, you know, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Because, you know, nowadays you can buy justice. You don't they don't necessarily serve justice anymore. Right. But right here, it definitely seems like they served them some justice. I don't know. Uh-huh. Five years. It was attempted murder, right? That's Pretty much. Basically. He said he wanted to teach him a lesson right after the event. Really? Yeah. Wow, that guy's insane. Teach him a lesson, huh? So and he's a doctor, man. I'd hate to be he's under an his ER knife. He's an ER doctor. You'd hate <laughs> to be in what? I'd hate to be under his knife. Right, right, right. Damn. So for those of you who don't know, he they're in Mandeville Canyon, which I guess is somewhere by Malibu. I don't know. But um, he slammed on the brakes in front of two bicyclists because he was he wanted to teach him a lesson, and they went through the back of the, the back windshield and they lost their teeth and they got their nose cut off or the guy who went through did and um the other guy was injured and he got five years wow all right man poor poor cyclist that must have hurt ouch you see the picture right here the and then there was the hummer incident did you hear about the hummer incident no i didn't hear about that one. that happened to uh somebody who came and talked about it krista carlson who does the runs the valley bikery and w- that was about how this hummer basically slowly ran over some bicyclists uh, who were on a ride at like 2 a.m in hollywood and the cop was like totally unsympathetic and and the driver had threatened him with a gun he said he had a gun and the cop was like did you have a did you see the gun and they're just like no but he said he had it and the cop was like well if i said i had a lightsaber would you believe me 
And the guy let the, the Hummer driver go, even though somebody was injured and they crushed three bikes. Like, he, he let him go with a ticket. And even though one of the passengers fled the Hummer. Wow. Anyway, it was, a, it was just uh, emblematic of the relationship between bikers and the police in L.A., which is supposedly changing. Yeah, I mean, I definitely do see, like, <clears throat> I don't know, in, in, in L.A., like, you know, I've been here for a year and a half, um, and I mean, it's definitely not biker-friendly. Like, there's hardly mm-hmm. any bike lanes um, as far as, you know, um, the, the, the signs of the little bike and the bike lane. They're, you know, when you do see them, they're, you almost miss them because they're just so small and um, out side of the lanes or the highway or whatnot mm-hmm. and but um i definitely don't get honked a lot or anything like that but it does happen so i mean i i, I do think that you know plenty is is happening as far as drivers um appreciating or being more respectful towards um cyclists so that's cool but man yeah, that hummer also. that's really trips me out how like i mean well and it's such a emblematic car too i mean it's like hummer versus bicyclists you know it's very very iconic i'm curious about that let's look that up i I mean even that cop should have got like some sort of like disciplinary action i mean i don't think he went well they did you know the right way with that (laughs) you don't think he went quite the right way yeah no no this well we got a city council that's really pro-bike we got like Mm -hmm like at least three really pro bike city council members. Wow. So yeah. they, I think are really doing a good job. I'm hoping, I mean, not everybody would say that, but with the getting the police department to be more aware and responsive and supposedly there, there's training now for how to deal with bikes. And I mean, a lot of people have talked about it on the show. That there's, there's things that they're doing. Yeah. Training. Huh? <laughs> that doesn't sound too, well, I figure what is what is there to train? Hey, you hit somebody on a with the freaking car, like. Well, you, yeah, but a lot of times it's like you don't get the the same property damage from hitting a biker, you know. So that's not as big of a of a legal issue. Hello, bike talk. Good. It's chicken litter. So we got a call from chicken litter. Hey, chicken litter. Hey, what's uh, what's the topic today? Uh, we're going back and forth uh, right now. We're talking about. Uh, Bicyclists versus motorists, like in accidents and the police. Well, department. you know, there's a there's a fine line between whether you're going to join the movement or whether you're going to be like just left behind. Um, everybody always mentions peak oil being the crux. I happen to believe greed is the crux and survival. And while it's not like Mad Max out there, um, I think it's only a matter of time before we see people. I, I I know on a personal level when I get into a car with black woman sidekick. I can I can count down how long it is before she starts uh, throwing f bombs and and you're going what black woman sidekick f bombs moi <laughs> yeah it get, it gets to that point but uh, the the share thing I think has been working I don't know how well it's going to continue tell us about the shares huh? tell us about them the what the shares tell us about the shares but also um, I want to get back to um, road rage because that's one of my favorite topics your show or my show the shares. The Sheros. Well, it's funny because the Sheros, from uh, they they've been really slow in coming, and so there's a department of DIY that's uh, done some Sheros around uh, here in Highland Park uh, near uh, a couple of the bike collectives. I know there's the one department that, of DIY. You said 
the Department of DIY. Okay. It's a real department. It's, it's a real a thing. Also, the Department of DIY enlisted, I think, uh, and we're not putting names, but um, um, we'll just say his DJ name. He used to be uh, Almond Joy over at uh, the, <laughs> the uh, Kill Radio Collective. He's also gone by Too Tall Jamal. You know, I could continue, but I'm not going to. Okay, I think we know. We, we know who he is. And uh, he's also looked at it as a social movement. We, we saw him last, believe it or not, getting breakfast. How come it's writing down Department of DIY like, like it's going to be online? Is, it, is, that, is that findable <laughs> online? No, yeah, I, I just... I don't um, think so, but you know what? Sometimes it starts like that and it's yeah. like, just keep going. Um, oh. the, the other thing is uh, we also saw that Donnie... He came out and supported the Feel My Legs. Everybody always thinks the Feel My Legs is just some sort of event for jocks and stuff, but it really does join the community. All these little spirited events where they're almost like a, a test of stamina and stuff. And I'm sure if we ever get to that crux where it is cars against, or cars versus, like in some bread and circuses of uh, a bad sort of, what, what is it, uh, uh, gifting similar to how Star Trek used to do like what if a whole society Rome still lived that kind of thing what if a whole society the car was still embraced and it's the 20th century you know I mean you can look and look and, and sort of in a world you didn't create you know and what, what it finally comes down to is if, if indeed we want our own survival these scenarios aren't too far off but the one I like to believe is that we wake up and realize that sometimes, like the psycho girls say, it's just one little trip. Just don't take the car. Enjoy the landscape. Enjoy what's left of it before it becomes the vast wasteland of development and somebody's idea of utopia is, uh, is another strip mall or widening the lane to get more trucks to move. I tried, and this is just a personal examination, I tried to do an interview on Figueroa near here the other day. And it was so noisy just from all the traffic, normal traffic, normal car traffic, that it, it, it was just unusable in some parts. But anyway, I digress. Um, it's, it's not a us against them, and I think that that's what everybody thinks it is. I think it's an us, and who are we going to recruit next that's going to really say that, hey, this is fun. Hey, I really like we're riding this bike. And you know what? The more I write it, the more I'm benefiting from it, not just on a physical level, but maybe on an emotional, spiritual, and social level. I'm able to interact with people a little bit better, interact with my community, and it's not just a, you know, a, a two-corridor to get from one freeway or bypass to another. It's actually a community again. It might actually have a name other than, oh, yeah, some sort of note on a, on a car or some planning thing for DOT. So anyway, that's that's where I'm going. I, I know that you've mentioned hopefully the uh, the big show on, on sustainability that the kids from Santee High are doing this afternoon or this evening, right? Well, I, I didn't because I didn't think it was really bike-oriented. Oh, God, how can it, it not be bike-oriented? You're right, it is. How, you know, that's, that's the other thing. This, this Tuesday, in lieu of Earth Day, PBS has been running all these shows, and they, they did this one about the mayor. Um, the mayor, the governor, you know, Schwarzenegger, you know, he's blowing up everything. And, and, and then they show that, yeah, he's, he's saying that we got to reduce our carbon footprint. we got to get cars. They're the big deal. 
30% of cleaning up the air is this and everything. And he, and he keeps going on. And I, I was really looking for just a little bit of like, okay, he's got zero emission vehicles. He's got electric vehicles. He's got all these things. And there wasn't one mention of bike. And then it, it seems like people forgot, even on Earth Day, it was like they were embracing like, yeah, you can get this new, you know, uh, uh, electric motorcycle that has has all these features and it's like a real motorcycle and all this stuff and it costs 10 grand but with all the the rebates and everything it's only going to cost seven grand and i'm thinking are these people like immune to the fact or are they are they just sort of blind to the fact that people aren't working right now (laughs) that people don't have like seven you know he says it'll work out so it's a penny a mile and all this stuff are they are they really sort of cued in that nobody's buying anything right now it's just kind of whatever and it's like, hey, you know, maybe maybe it's great that we can embrace it. Hey, chicken leather. I, I wanted to comment on that. I mean, because I, I kind of like been noticing that um, myself as far as like you know this whole uh, uh, renewable energy or or whatever um, this um, you know green movement is like. You, you, I'm what I'm noticing is that there really is no kind of like okay, we need to be more humble with our you know, um, whatever resources and not drive as much or this and that, but really it just seems like everybody's jumping on a wagon to create this new product of, like, electrical cars or hybrid cars or whatever, you know, and it's not really, like, they're not really, you know, they throw out there, it's like, you know, cleaner air and things like that, things that'll make... It's kind of like, like, um, I'm I'm remembering that whole... Iggy Pop song, like you're looking for the joke with a microscope. It's like they're missing sight of the 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 uh, the, the trees because there's a forest in front of them. It's like guys, you know, it's, it's sometimes little steps, local, um, uh, trying to you know niches, embracing uh, small businesses and, and what have you is a, lo- a little bit better than you know just shelling all your money towards this. I love the fact that. Things like GM thought they were making. I mean, they're they're ready to pay off their loans. I mean, on a on if you want to look at the multinational kind of thing. And is it because of the LA market? Is it because people are going out there and buying GM cars? You know, their their Volt hasn't even come out, and they're going, yeah, we paid off. Yeah, we're looking forward to all this stuff. And it's like, yeah, I'm not I'm not out to go buy a new car and just face the same problems of like debt and rerouting my whole payment towards their version of what, let's just say, um, what's the word, you, the word you, for it? You know, talking about GM and all that, like, I used to, well, I often think, I think about it, it's like, what, how many countries is there in this, uh, in this planet, Earth, out uh, here that every year you get, well, well, how many companies do we have, Nissan, Toyota, blah, 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 but every year they come out with a new model, a yeah. brand new car, every yeah. single fucking year, like yeah. that to me is a trip, that's yeah. a lot of metal, a lot of work, oh yeah, every yeah. single it, it, year, it's a thousands machine. and thousands of cars, it's, it's a machine, and you know, not not to discredit the fact that there, there are new models of bicycles out there, there are new models of things, but it's like, it's funny, because their community, and I've talked to um, other people in the community about, like, sexy and stuff. We, we just kind of wonder how well bikes were made. I mean, I've seen bike failure on, on a detrimental level in a couple of rides, but I've also seen just the opposite, that just, you know, one out of how many, I mean, was that bike built on a, 
a Thursday or a Friday when they wanted to get out of out of Dodge Fast or something. It, I really haven't seen that. There's there's still a, a level of quality in all these things, but it it kind of rests on the fact that it's not buying into this thing. It's like, hey, there's there's a certain level of like, okay, this this is how we could elevate everybody to the next level, and I think that's that's what you're seeing in this in this movement and stuff. Perhaps at some base root kind of brute, and I, I say brute like like you can meet this person. At one level, it is like yeah, us against them. But I like to believe it's 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 like after you get on a ride, after you see what we have to offer, it's it's like you're going to get these people to come over. And, and, you know, I hear this argument all the time. It's like, oh, sweaty guys in spandex, oh, whatever. I don't know. I think it's, sometimes it's, it's pretty girls on a tweed ride. Uh, sometimes it's, it's uh, just the opposite. It's, it's slow people at the back of a, of a critical mass. I mean, you, you tend to have that conversation with somebody that you'd never have if you were in a car or, or a box, a little coffinette. Of, of of traffic or something, and and you know what? I'm I'm going to be honest. I'm probably going to get into my little coffin out of traffic tomorrow morning because it's going to be five in the morning to go, and and I'm telling you my agenda to host a, a good cause for the Kiwanis. Is is that really something that you know? Oh, is it is is the cause sort of beneficial for the fact that they're going to raise money trying to be at a car show? It's like great, you know, cars. <laughs> They've got them in museums. They have their own museum, but I'd like to believe at some point there'll be a an alternative energy museum too, just like there's an alternative energy expo. But it's not so much the ones that are just sitting there that you can look at that you can sort of ooh and ah or the Bianchi that everybody sort of you know secretly goes home and sort of has that nerd boner over. It's yeah. it's a little bit different. It's the, a little bit like thing, the it's, it's the bike you use every day. It's how how am I getting you know across town and. You know, I bought my girlfriend's bike to get over here to get my other bike. I mean, I, that that seems kind of silly, but it's like, hey, that's that's a viable way to get around. And then, who knows? I may jump on public transportation because, am I winded? No, but I've got so much to do. Sometimes maybe paying that extra dollar is going to help me out. You know, and it's like, whose machine am I feeding with my one dollar? You know, they get. Well, I, I mean, think about. You know, sometimes I think about like. Uh, I mean, like the pilgrimage or something, you know? And you're not going to go and, um, you know, put all your horses onto the carriage to just, you know, go around the block or something or go to the next village. You know, you're just going to take your one one horse. And in this modern day, it's it's an iron horse, you know? Yeah. And, and, um... Well, I mean, that's even a bicycle brand, too. I mean, there's there's the iron horse bicycle brand out there that's trying to brand the same kind of thing. I think it's funny because part of it goes back to to that, and the other part goes back to, to like, the Old West, uh, you know, the iron horse that sort of opened up the territory, that opened up the the uh, the new world and stuff. But on, on a brighter note, um, as I call in and be your man around town, uh, last night I went to... Uh, got to meet with people that had done Art Cycle. They were doing an art movement, and just as important, and this is why I, I think it's really important that we embrace our art community, uh, if only to be a well-rounded kind of individual, just like I think we should embrace some of our schools and science programs, too. I mean, where are they going to come from? Where are we going to get another genius just to show up and do it? No, everybody has to be educated. You know, geniuses don't work in a vacuum. They work with everyone. And... And I'd like to believe we can all be 
somewhere geniuses in there. If only the elegance of how we embrace our world, how we sort of look at it and say, hey, this, this isn't just a place that's sooty and dirty and everything. It's a destination. People are coming here already for, for Hollywood. Let's just expand that a little bit and make it habitable for the inhabitants that are doing this. And um, the other part of it is it was Earth, Earth Day last week, and, and some of the smaller things. I, I went to uh, down to the Normandy Elementary School, and they had a brilliant kind of thing. And today, up in uh, yeah, at uh, another studio here in Highland Park, on uh, off of uh, Avenue 57, uh, 2040 South uh, Avenue 57, the La Tierra de la, and you have to excuse my Spanish, de la Colabra, or Colabra. They're doing a big all-day celebration, free admission, and it's. I think it's these smaller ones, the little peaceful warrior children. In fact, that's a performer. They're coming out of the woodwork to uh, with free food and local vendors and stuff. So those are the kind of things that maybe your dollar should go to instead of like. And and you know you can argue that yeah we we have to bail out GM we have to bail out these things. But I like to think on a, on a personal level, I like to bail out my neighbor. I like to bail out the guys that are up here that I'm going to have more fun. And, and it's funny because I always meet the same five or six names, you know, Bizarre up here, you know, uh, Potter on a ride coming home that, that volunteers over at the bike oven, uh, you yourself that I always see at these events down a toe, you know, sloshing, sloshing some incredible food, or, or uh, uh, Nick who always seems to be in the middle of all these things and he goes, well, I really shouldn't mention it, I, you know, it just seems like I'm sort of being a, a, a little more, you know, branded or modest or something he, he should actually tell us about about that thing maybe get windy on the phone or something but um i'm going to be down for the for the art thing at toe tonight it sounds like fun in fact i got to go this is great it's like the it, the 11th hour was last night and now i'm into like 11:30, and i'm still pulling and doing interviews and stuff but i'll, I'll have a video piece there tonight and a, and a video thing and we'll have some some artwork uh from our permanent collection, I love saying that like we're a museum. From our permanent collection here at the bike oven in our art wall, we're going to have something down there too. So um, come down to Toe tonight uh, and, and see what the, the kids are debating about or, or something. I'm going to give them a couple of things to debate about. Yeah, but cool. uh, there, there you go. And, and like I said, tomorrow I'm doing Kiwanis over at uh, Johnny Carson Park. If you want to stop by and, and uh, help help the kids out, just forget that they're <laughs> it's all... Uh, old cars and stuff that see that's the other thing there's 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 that reverence about and and bike people do it too and i think i touched on it that you know it's 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 the bike you ride it's the car you use every day that's that's this one thing and you can elevate it into art and stuff but i like to believe that it's still transportation at its core it's still two wheels that are getting you somewhere and uh, sometimes it's two wheels sometimes it's uh, metro sometimes it's you know, maybe the future we should be looking at, you know, things like that, that right, so flying car they always promised us. Or, <laughs> you know, we need that math, math training to get to that flying car. We need that background to get to the, the next, uh, you know, monorail or something. Because I, I really don't think that having a lobby and doing it politically is, is the only way to get stuff done in this town. Sometimes somebody just has to grab it by the horns and say, I'm riding my bike cross town. Fuck you guys. I'm not part of anybody's radar i'm not i'm not making a glitch on anybody's like thing i'm just gonna gonna do it all on my own but uh, sometimes you have to talk to your friend too
Yeah. Anyway, man, that's that's about it for me. I think I'm out, and I I think you guys are getting into conversations that that are transcending just the bike movement. They're getting into things like what what is the the political agenda of some of these people out there that are taking your money all the time and they're not producing anything. Well, what about that bike plan that's not being produced? I mean, you could harp and harp about that, but at some stage, like it, it comes down to DIY. So I've ranted, I've raved. Yeah. I'm sounding about as good as some of the. The other programs on on uh, Kill Radio, but uh, hey, that's that's how life is. Okay. Well, all right. Are you bringing your projector? <laughs> no, I'm just bringing a, a a deck because I don't I don't want it to obstruct. I think I'm going to bring a, a a small, you know, monitor and a, a little. Because we have we have something to show too. What? We have something to show too. Oh, okay. Well, we'll we'll figure it out. All right. Thanks, Chicken. That's, that's how life is. I'll bring the DVD and a and a tube. They're throwing them out. That's the other thing. Have you noticed the plethora of big screen TVs all over town? What's going on? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that, that whole industry, I, I guarantee people aren't getting upgrading. They're just getting rid of them. So I'm going to upgrade a little. Maybe get rid of it. Who knows? All right. Peace all right, out. Paul. Thanks. That was Chicken Leather, and he's a Kill Rater DJ. You know Chicken Leather, bro. Yeah, yeah, he's a great person, man. He's he's uh, full of energy. He's a, he's ubiquitous Amazing. too. <laughs> he's a what? He's ubiquitous. He's at, he's oh. every event. He's I I was at Earth Day and he was he had, was in a um, pedicab uh-huh. taking kids around, uh-huh. and the second I got there, he uh, gave it to me, and I had to start driving kids around uh, <laughs> in circles. <laughs> And then they were loving it so much. They I, like I, they, there were kids. There was a line of kids waiting. Wow, right on. It was pretty cool. Totally didn't expect it. <laughs> That's cool. And we have the thing tonight is a thing we started for my school, Santee High School, where I teach English at. Well, I might be just displaced now because of moving to a traditional schedule. I might have to go to a different school. But I have until now taught English at Santee, and we have this debate team that I coach, and we're doing service learning projects for climate change. And what we're doing this weekend is a an art contest for students and other artists to envision the sustainable future, like the world, if it's if it were sustainable, what would it look like? And what we're going to do is we're going to take the art show around town by bikes to different schools. Cool. Can you de- define to yeah. me um, what do we mean by uh, sustainable, a sustainable future? What? Well, sustainable means that it can keep going. It's not finite. It's not going to run out like oil, you know, or like our um, atmosphere or like our environment, you know, like it's not going to. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Just a second. Can I get back to you on that? Yeah, definitely. Hello, uh, Bike Talk. Hey, Bike Talk. It's Wendy. Hey, Wendy. From Art Talk. Yeah, this is Wendy from Art Talk and also the Sustainable Art Show from tonight. Yes. Yes. Well, you know, it's going to be a really cool happening. Um, I talked to Tiger, and we have probably, literally, about 100 student works that will be on display at Toe Gallery. And the art exhibit is a special exhibit um, featuring mainly student work, but also the work of some L.A.-based artists, and it's called A Vision of Sustainable Future. And it would be what sort of visions and, and representations of what our world will look like if we manage to either control or prevent the or reverse the uh, debilitating effects of climate change. And so it's going to be pretty cool. And do you need to know where it is? No, I know, no, I know. But you can, you can tell us. 
Yes, no, 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 well, wait, I... Wendy, Wendy. Actually, I think that it's supposed to be by invite only now that the landlord has stepped in. And what I'm saying is it's officially by invite only, so if we put it out on the on the air, we might be... Well, I'm sorry? I, I, mean, I realize that we're inviting a lot of people, but I was told that we can't just say the address, and it's going on KPFK, so if we say the address, it'll be like... Well, then call into Bike Talk and figure out where it is. Yes. Call me. <laughs> it's call that toast Yeah, yeah. 213-252-0998. So, awesome. So, but, um, and tell us what this has to do with bikes. What this has to do with bikes? Well, yeah. bikes are an integral part of a sustainable future, as you know, Nicholas. <laughs> That's right. And <laughs> we're going to be taking it around town after this by bikes. Awesome. Great. Yeah. Yeah. So, so guess, it should be fun. Everyone should come down. It's, it's from 6 to 10. And I think there's going to be, um, some of the high school students may actually be putting on some, some food, some, some culinary delights as well. And we'll probably have some some beverages as well. Right. So people should come down and check out the show. We've actually, I've got um, Andre Mirapolsky, who is a brewery artist, and he's going to be, he's agreed to be the, the special guest judge of the exhibit. In fact, I was just now putting together the list of all the works, and it turned out there were a huge amount. Um, and I hope, Nick, that you're going to come down um, about, there about 1 o'clock and help me set up. Oh, yeah. Okay. Awesome. All right, thanks, Wendy. Thanks a lot. Sure, we'll bye. See you soon. Bye. Cool. Wow. There's a lot going on. Huh? So there's a lot going on. So you know what sustainable is, right? I was just trying to define um, it. But. Yeah, but, uh, well, you know, I didn't, like, in the bi- on the scope, you were talking about it, like, worldwide or, or you know, in the, in the world in general. Um, I was not familiar with that. I know that it's been coming up. I mean, for me, sustainable is is something where... You know, we bring it back to the roots, we bring it back to the grassroots, bring it back to the community, bring it back to, you know, um, knowing each other as neighbors, as, as you know, mom and pop shops, you know, getting rid of all this corporate shit that, like, really doesn't give anything to the community, you know. Um, how many of these corporate companies, like, give anything back to the community to advocate for, you know, um, bicycle lanes, for... You know all these you know things that are that are happening in within communities um so I mean to me that is sustainable sustainable is just bringing it back to to the people um and 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 making our own uh sustainability, not having to worry about oh, what are we going to do? I'm unemployed uh, my unemployment is gonna end you know i oh I hope they you know the government extends my unemployment like you know these are the kind of things that we have to look forward to right now um and and i mean it's not just as in right now but as in like i'm alive right now but this is a, a story that's been told many 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 times you know and and um fortunately you know we just you know we need to bring it back and live like the amish or something <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> But uh, you know that that to me is uh, is how I see sustainability. Is you know you can't really we can encourage people of how great a bike is, but just the same, there's gonna be that talk of like, oh, my car is this great because you know whatever you know what I mean, and yeah. and, and that's it. That it's all it's unfortunate, but 
whatever the case may be is just in the sense of like once they lose their job once they don't have their money to pay for their car insurance or once they keep getting in car accidents or parking tickets because there's no place to park or whatever you know all these different things about having a a, a vehicle of that sort you know they may find themselves on the bus or on the car i mean on the bike you know or walking even um because they don't know the schedules to the bus in the metro or you know or anything like that or don't have the confidence to to be on their bike i think that's one of the one of the issues maybe that that we may as a as a bike enthusiasts you know that 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 we having to deal with maybe there would be that many more cyclists if they didn't feel so like you know afraid yeah yeah that's one of the big issues especially in la uh, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of safe biking that you can do here. No, I personally, I mean, I'm a pretty good uh, cyclist. You know, I I, I ride. Uh, I, uh, sometimes I've I've pushed my luck. You know, just exciting myself. I push. You know, I tend to ride on the edge sometimes. But um, personally, like I, you rarely, rarely would see me riding down a street like Vermont. Mm -hmm. I, you would not see me riding the street in Vermont. If you saw me on Vermont, I'd probably just be crossing the street. I, I mm -hmm. you know, I make my own bike lanes. I, I look for, you know, I, I do the, the back streets, man, and I just kind of stay there. I know that they're a bit slower, but, oh, man, I, I'm safe. I don't have to worry about getting hit. You know, I did crash already once. It was a funny story, yeah. I was living in the South Central and going to school out here in LACC. Mm-hmm. And I had my uh, I had a, a basket in the on the front of my bike, and I had a big orange bag, you know, and I had my books in there. It's pretty heavy. I'm riding down. I'm going down this hill, and this person decides, you know, this driver decides, you know, they're gonna go into their driveway, and um, you know, they're on their way home or whatever. I don't know, but then hesitates. Now it starts slowing down. It he you know, when it hesitated, I thought that was my signal of saying, you know, go ahead. I'll go after you. So then I start pedaling to keep going, and I, there I go. And then the dude starts going in again into his driveway. So then he hesitates again. By this time when he hesitates, mm -hmm. he's, like, right in the middle of my path. And I'm like, like, right there. I'm like, what is this guy doing? So I had just finished adjusting my brakes. My front brake was tighter than my rear brake. Mm -hmm. Anyways, I hit the brakes, and I go flying over my bike. And onto this guy's hood of the car, <laughs> like on my back, like I oh. somersaulted in the air or whatever. And I'm on my back and I roll off his car. And I'm like, what the hell? You know, started like kind of yelling at him a little bit. And, and, and then the dude just drove off. I'm like, wow. Yeah, I just got a hit and run. But then I, I picked up my bike and my bike was fine. My bike did not touch his car. Yeah. It was just the brakes and the fact that I had all my books in the front that uh -huh. my bike just like went forward right. and threw me off right. so it was it was kind of a nice flight though when i think about <laughs> it I, like nothing hurt i didn't get bruised up nice you had a nice flight yeah but wow. um yeah that's as bad as it's gotten for me do you uh, wear a helmet thankfully here um you know i'd hate to say i don't mm. but i don't is that a <laughs> Um, is that just I, something you notice about yourself, or did you decide I'm not going to wear a helmet? No, it's um, there's an irony behind it. I kind of feel like 
I, I'm a, I tend to be a bit of a, what do they call that? Superstitious? Yes. And um, for some reason or another, I feel if I wear my helmet, I'm bound to get hit now. <laughs> so it's strictly psychological. I encourage people to wear their helmets. Um, yeah. I have one, but I, I, I don't wear it. I well, should. Well, maybe it's true for you. Maybe if you did wear a helmet, you would get hit. <laughs> but... I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I hope not, but um, I, I do need to get into the practice of it, especially around you know the the, the young riders out there and stuff. I don't want to encourage them in not wearing um, you know, there's there's safe gear. Keep them, you know, you got to keep the the dome safe, and uh, you know, I don't want to. Yeah, I remember I wonder being what, yeah. young. I pushed the issue. You know, even now I push the issue. And just in the sense of just, you know, for adrenaline rush and it's not, I should put my gear on, man. Make sure my mm. brakes work correctly, everything else. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was going to say, I wonder what Andy Lyka of Good Samaritan Hospital would say. Oh, I'm sure he'd say, yeah, we don't let anybody ride with that one. Yeah. No, I don't know. I'm I'm sure he advocates for for uh, wearing the helmet. But kids, you know, they don't usually want to wear helmets. Like young people, like the yeah, it's not cool, fixie man. riders. <laughs> it's not cool. Yeah. No. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe designers need to. Yeah, make a cool helmet. Make a cool helmet. I don't know how they're gonna do that. Or a helmet that does something besides just sit there. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I don't know what you know, one do. one I, that I did see that w that I thought was pretty cool was um, which it's not it's not like your you know regular helmet or whatever bike helmet, but um, this this uh, this youngster too. He had a baseball um, hard hat, like to play baseball. Uh -huh. He had one of those, and I don't know where he got it done, but he got it done. He put a strap, a strap. on on the sides huh. there so it stays on. That's what he was sporting. Looked pretty cool, man. Yeah, I can't think it cool. would look cool, but I wonder if it's actually functional as a helmet. I mean, because you need all that. Well, baseball goes pretty fast. In there. But still, as far it's as it's a different car, kind of impact, though, I think. Yeah, definitely. But I don't know. I mean, if it looks cool, that's that's actually really important. I mean, yeah. for getting people to wear it. I mean, to tell you the truth, too. I mean, even though it's a different impact or whatnot, I often question the bike helmets because it just looks like styrofoam in there like how <laughs> absorbent is it to the to to an impact of that of that degree well i'm i'm sure that like that they thought about it i think they did a dummy <laughs> test yeah <laughs> i'm sure they put some tomatoes in there and <laughs> checked out to see if they were bruised <laughs> yeah I'd like to point. see one. <laughs> Don't tell me that. Like, yeah. No, but I'd hate to see them ruin it. You know, there's something else I wanted to mention about chicken leather when we was talking about the um, the bikes and stuff, uh -huh. and you know, and the the new models every year, new models, new models, and I know that there's new models in bikes too. It's just as as um, I don't know what to call it. Um, you know, they just. It's just, it's the thing. It's what we're used to making new models every year. Well, not, but I mean, the level of, you know, psych bicycles, like the, you know, the amount of metal you use, the different mechanics, it's not as destructive or doesn't, you know, take as much as it would to build a car. But I, what I wanted to point out was, why do you have to make like 
I like nice things. I think most of us like nice things. Mm-hmm. Why have to be so fucking much money, man? Like, I've seen bikes out there for, like, just as much as a car. Yeah. Well. Is it the brand? Is it the, is it you buy, you're paying the name? Or is it actually, like. No, I mean, I think the technology involved in making those high-tech them. parts and everything is really expensive. Mm, that makes sense. But do you need a bike like that? No, because I don't really, I don't do marathon or wait, it's not marathons, right? When you're on a bike. Racing? <laughs> are they called marathons? No, marathons are runners, cent- oh. runners, right? What are they called? Centuries? I don't know. <laughs> what are they called? Oh, maybe centuries. Centuries sounds good. Bike bike marathon? Bike marathon. <laughs> oh. But I, I want a track bike, man. I want to, I want to yeah. fucking race on the velodrome. Yeah. I want to go on the velodrome. I, and... I don't know. I want to go on a velodrome. I've heard stories of, you know, that it can get pretty edgy too. Like when, you know, the um, depending on the race, depending on the racers, um, like it can get a bit aggressive also, kind of like bike polo, you know, it can get aggressive in the sense of mm-hmm. um, kind of pushing each other or shoving each other a little bit or you know pushing the issue of like oh, i'm gonna cut you off kind of i'm kind of silly like that sometimes I, I like to be competitive at times but you know within reason within competitors all knowingly yeah. like this is all fun and, you well, know. do you ever get this Anywhere thing where like i was this. riding and some guy passed me and then i passed him and then he passed me and then it was just it was on <laughs> it was a race and then we were like in the uh you know, we were in a pretty busy street, and oh, we were doing yeah. some kind of crazy stuff. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty ridiculous. Yeah, but um, you ever do that? Um, Just in the street. I have uh, not with uh, not with other people. Um, usually myself. I have been. Uh, people have invited me to the, the race, but because of that, knowing myself, like I don't want to hurt myself. <laughs> I don't. I don't have my mom and dad to take care of me anymore if I right. get hurt. So I, I'm diff- that's why I, I'm like really want to go on the velodrome because the velodrome, I know where I'm at. I don't have to worry about a car running my ass over or right. anything like that. But I, um, you know, it's definitely an adrenaline rush in those types of races. Where I'm like, I can, you know, it's like froggy, man. Like you just got to zigzag through the cars and things yeah. like that. Um, New York is pretty crazy like that. I, bike messengered for a couple you know like a couple weeks on and off over a few months and um the messengering you ever do that i did it for a minute yeah yeah not very long unfortunately but yeah that was pretty cool the the like the the ethic of messengering is is a lot of it's about can you know getting in between the cars and getting kind of getting to your destination at a certain period of time yeah yeah Yeah, definitely i was doing it out in uh, in portland oregon and um yeah it was it was it was fun man i really i enjoyed it um but um i didn't unfortunately didn't last now those those uh those kind of uh jobs like you know everybody wants one so it's kind of hard to get in sometimes too Mm. but um I mean, most cyclists want one. People that really, really, really love their bikes. I mean, what what better job, right? Ride your bike and get paid for it? Like, fuck yeah. It's so, you think it's hard to get a messenger job? Um, 
Well, I think it's it's definitely not easy. Um, maybe consistency to pay off as far as like keeping in, you know keeping a, a steady face amongst the mm -hmm. the the people that offer those jobs, the companies that offer those jobs. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, you know, oftentimes you find yourself having to compete with the people that already have those jobs and their friends and blah, 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 and yeah. yeah, so it becomes difficult. Well, we're waiting for a call from Dan from 88 Bikes. It's a it's a org, non-profit org that gives bikes to people in developing countries who, other, who otherwise can't afford transportation. So I was thinking um, maybe we could take a musical break. What do you think about that? Yeah, that sounds great. Man. All right. Let's play Giant Bicycle by Tom Rosenthal. Imagine a bike, a really big bicycle, sort of like a penny farthing, uh, as tall as a house or perhaps like a small tree. And then imagine Richard out of Richard and Judy standing on, on Judy's head. And then on top of Richard's head, Prince Philip stood. And then on top of Prince Philip's head, there's a sort of young giraffe standing. It was about as tall as that. Then imagine a double-decker bus and being on the top deck and going right to the front where you can only see the road and you can't see what's behind you, you just see the road disappearing in front of you. That's, that's the view that I had. So I could see everything really clearly. And it was a time when people ruled the streets like, like they did, say, 100 years ago. And there, there weren't many cars and the, the street was like the place to be. And I was wobbling from side to side on this bike, sort of like a tightrope walker with really bad balance. And I was getting stressed about the possibility of falling off and hurting myself. And all this time I was stressing, I knew there was someone ahead of me that I was supposed to be following. You know, like when you're on a holiday and, and one person knows the way to somewhere and you've just followed them. But, you know, I was on my giant bicycle and I just couldn't see this person I was following. But yet I still knew where I was going. I was still following them in some way, which is very bizarre. And I passed some amazing places on my travels. And one of them was when I stopped to watch a Madonna concert and I, I really don't know why I stopped I don't even like Madonna that much and for some reason I was very keen to get to the front but of course this proved very tricky on my giant bicycle and then out of the boo the whole crowd just left me alone and I, I didn't know what was going on so I, I went closer to watch Madonna to, to go up to and suddenly the Madonna and the whole stage just disappeared and it, it just became this one door this one blue door and I opened it as you would and I really don't know how I got the bicycle through the door who cares it's a dream and on the other side of the door was the sea and it was a really clear blue sea and it was just completely calm and for some reason I didn't look at the sea my eyes were drawn towards the clouds and the clouds were arranged in a formation that seemed to spell a word and I vividly recall the first three letters which are L-O-O and there seemed to be one more letter, but I couldn't quite work out what that was. And I think it might have been a K, which would have spelled look. But then again, it might have been an N, which would have spelled loon, which would make maybe more sense. I don't think I'll ever know for sure. Anyway, I suddenly felt compelled to ride into the sea, and 
in normal circumstances this would have been highly unwise seeing that I was on a giant bicycle but I remember entering, entering the sea with sort of real purpose and as soon as I got into the sea the bicycle became this sort of capsule that sort of flew through the water and you know how when dolphins swim really fast they dip in and out and dip in and out of the water well that's what it was sort of like it was like being on the back of a dolphin and and although we were going really, really, really fast, there was no thought of danger. I was just having a really lovely time. And as I was going through the sea, there were these two other people there next to me. One of them was Max from Neighbours. I don't know if you watch Neighbours, but he's, he's Steph's husband, you know, the one that went a bit mental. And then the other one was one of these figures that only appear in dreams. They just don't seem to have a face. They just have a presence. And we quickly reached the shore, and then all of a sudden I was back on the giant bicycle again. The companions were long gone, and I was going along a road, and a completely empty long road, and I had an overwhelming feeling that I was in the south of France, because there were just field upon a field of these really tall sunflowers. And I had this sensation of being liberated, but yet at the same time I was still following this something, or someone. And I rode alone for what seemed to be quite a while until I was joined by this horde of cyclists and they were all wearing very tight lycra outfits and suddenly I realised I was part of a race and I reckon it might have been the Tour de France and of course I had this massive advantage because they all had regular sized bikes and I had this giant one and I recall glancing down and seeing this cyclist look very tired and for some strange reason the cyclists were in a sort of cartoon form if you've ever watched Belleville Rendezvous, you'll sort of know what I mean. And they were pedalling furiously and seeing them get competitive, I started getting competitive and I started pedalling faster and faster. And it's a bit like that scene from uh, E.T. You know, at the end when they're all on their bikes. And except there was just no alien and no spaceship, just lots of fields of sunflowers. And I sped Bike talk. Hey, this is Dan. Hey, Dan, you're on the air. How you doing? I'm good, really good. Well, you've got this uh, organization called 88 Bikes, and uh, I'd like you to tell us about it. Sure. Uh, 88 Bikes endows uh, villages, ashrams, orphanages, centers, schools uh, in the developing world with, uh, with bikes for all the kids. We, we select locations that are rural, uh, typically where the kids have been through you know, a lot. They're usually orphans or been rescued from child labor, child slavery, stuff like that. And uh, we connect them one-to-one with uh, donors here in the States or Europe or elsewhere. Uh, so one person sponsors one bike for one child. Uh, we bring them bikes. We set up workshops, apprenticeships. Um, we give each child a picture of their sponsor when we give them the bike. Uh, so they get that sense of connection with somebody across the world that cared about them enough to give them a bike. On the flip side of the, uh, the picture is that world map uh, where we show where the child lives, whether it's Peru or Uganda or Vietnam and where their where their sponsor lives, and the, and the kids love that. They love to get this sense of connection with somebody, especially across the world. Mm. And how how much does it cost to donate a bike? Each bike is eighty eight bucks, which is about what it costs to buy a, uh, a single speed steel framed uh, utilitarian kind of bike mm. in uh, most of these uh, most of these countries around the world. And where do you buy them? We buy them locally. We we're looking we're we're working to uh, to work with local vendors uh, set up in different countries, especially you know. Uh, uh, bike manufacturers that have uh, uh, that are starting to do the bamboo bikes. Uh, there's a, there's a terrific uh, manufacturer in Zambia that's doing some some terrific work with uh, uh, with some really rugged steel frame bikes. Uh, we buy the best bikes we can. Um, sometimes we buy them from the bike store uh, shops there in the in the area. We we try to buy bikes that are common to the region, so they're not 
the targets of theft, and we always buy the best possible bikes. We don't we don't bring the bikes in because of parts issues. Um, if you if you import a bike, a it's a target of theft because it usually looks different, um, and if something breaks, it's very difficult to get the replacement parts. So we we source the bikes internally. So how did you get started? Well, that's a that's a good question. <laughs> a few years ago, my brother and I we uh, went to Cambodia together, and uh, my brother's a doctor, and uh, I was working on a documentary, and we thought it'd be really fun to ride our bikes across Cambodia, and uh, we. Uh, 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 I thought it would be kind of neat at the end of the trip to give our bikes away to a couple lucky kids. So we found an orphanage via some friends of mine at National Geographic, and we thought that will be great. But we found out there was 88 kids at the orphanage, which, of course, meant that 86 kids are going to feel pretty left out, and we couldn't let that happen. So we partnered with our friend Nick. You, you know Nick, of course, Nick Arouse, uh, social media entrepreneur in New York. He, we launched a website and uh, started collecting one-to-one donations of individuals to get bikes for all the kids. And within four days, we had all the donations we needed, and they kept pouring in. And then three weeks later, a month later, Jared and I were in Cambodia, and uh, we visited the orphanage and uh, gave bikes to each child. And the level of happiness that was exhibited by those kids was just off the charts. It was, it was unbelievable. It was just a tsunami of happiness, and we knew right then that we'd have to do this again. If you could somehow contain that happiness and use it to power, uh, you know, power plants. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, the, the funny thing about the happiness is that, you know, and studies have shown that, you know, a little bit of happiness in one area sort of spreads. It's kind of like this happy virus, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, even though you can't quantify the results uh, and, and the implications, uh, creating kind of a, a wave of happiness in one place like that affects a lot of people in, 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 in a lot of different areas. Yeah, that's great. And um, I guess it's a lot of a lot of little things that add up to uh to, you know, stability for a region? Well, we're trying, yeah. And, you know, the the bikes, of course, uh, help the kids get to school. Um, They help them get around. Um, In some cases, they may be able to develop careers as bike mechanics. Uh, But at the end of the day, what we're most concerned about is the kids being happy. And if the kids are happy and the bike gives them that sense of autonomy and freedom and uh, happiness and, and health, of course, that all of us that enjoy our bikes here and around the world enjoy, then um, uh, you know, th- then we've succeeded. So you have two brothers. I have two brothers, yeah. And one's a doctor, and one's a social media entrepreneur. Well, actually, actually, Nick's not my brother. Nick's a Nick's a good friend uh, in, in New York. Jared, my uh, my brother, is a pediatrician. Oh, okay. My other, I got confused. Actually, my other brother, Mike, actually works for a uh, uh, city government in Idaho. So, oh, okay. yeah. Um, so what are some, some, do you have any stories from the places you visited? You go all over the world, and uh, you must have seen a lot of things. Oh, yeah. yeah we've, uh, boy, we, uh, we've, uh, we've been in Peru, of course, Cambodia. We did refugee camp in northern Uganda. That was crazy. We visited right. there during a fuel crisis. So uh, getting to the refugee camp was, uh, was a, a mission in and of itself. It was sort of ironic to do a bike project in the midst of a fuel crisis. Really? <laughs> it works out that way sometimes. And then I just got off a uh, around-the-world trip, uh, two and a half months, 17 countries, 12 locations uh, in Vietnam, Ghana, Nepal, uh, and India. And uh, that, that was, uh, it, it was amazing uh, to see how a bike affects kids uh, positively in regions as diverse as those uh, in Vietnam. Uh, we, uh, the first place we, we endowed was a little teeny orphanage way out in the middle of nowhere. And the kids uh, heretofore had been uh, getting shuttled to school on the back of the motorcycle that's owned by the director of the 
of the, of the uh, orphanage. And after they got bikes, obviously, they were able to get to school on their own, uh, with their own power. So that was kind of nice to see that happen. Uh, in India, one location was a, uh, a, uh, an ashram in Bihar, the poorest state in India, uh, uh, where uh, survivors of sexual slavery had been uh, rehabilitated. So they were, you know, they'd been through a lot. And, and, and a bike was, was huge for them, uh, especially when they're reintegrated and, and uh, the healing process in the ashram anyway is completed. They can go out into the world and, and a bike will be this, this, uh, this, this thing that will help them to be happy and potentially make money and, and, and be safe. Uh, so who are your partners? I mean, do you, do you have uh, companies that sponsor you? Well, you know, most of our donations come from individuals. I would say 90-plus percent. Uh, we uh, have received some corporate sponsorship uh, from Keen Footwear, uh, they're uh, a terrific company. They do a lot of uh, great outreach. Uh, they've been good to us. Um, we we always partner with NGOs on the ground uh, that uh, have uh, long term relationships with a, lot, with a lot of these sites. And uh, we we partnered with on this around the world trip, this Project Four as we call it, um, an organization um, uh, called Free the Slaves out of D.C., which uh, has endeavors throughout the world working with kids that have uh, been rescued from slavery. Uh, so we work with those guys. We work with an organization called Touch a Life, um, also working uh, with uh, uh, emancipated children. Um, and uh, uh, we worked with Andean Outreach, this, uh, this uh, um, NGO in Peru, uh, as well as a few others. And how many bikes have you given away? Do you know? Well, we're probably up around, I mean, we're not talking gigantic numbers here. We're all volunteers and uh, nobody's getting paid. Um, it's... It's probably about 700 at this point, but this year we're we were expanding exponentially. We're we've been doing quite well, and it's it's just so heartening to see the kids happy, and, and we're trying to do as much as we can. So this year we're probably going to do around a thousand, maybe two thousand bikes. And so if we talk next year this time, the total figure would probably be well over two thousand. And if people want to donate, they can go to 88bikes.org, right? Yeah, yeah. Go to 88bikes.org. You can donate any amount. Uh, doesn't have to be eighty-eight dollars. Uh, eighty-eight bucks uh, get you a bike, and uh, we'll get your picture and get that to the child. Then take a picture of them holding your picture, along with their new bike, and then give that back to you. Um, so that that works out great. But uh, donations of any amount are totally appreciated, and uh, you can you can make those donations yeah. on the website. Totally uh, secure and tax deductible. My co-host Avram here has a question for you. Dan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my question is: Has um, your organization have have you try to work with um, um, companies that that bike manufacturers, and and if you have, what what was the response as far as them? Uh, yeah, we're we're what we're trying to do is work with a small scale, uh, independent uh, artisan bike manufacturers in some of these countries. For instance, for our project four, we're looking very seriously at a couple of companies in Africa that are building some, uh, one company's building bamboo bikes, which is really intriguing, and another company's building these very rugged, uh, steel-framed bikes that uh, are built to last the uh, rough African roads. Uh, so that, that's, that's something we, we, we're trying to do as much as possible. Uh, we see uh, these small-scale, sustainable bike manufacturers popping up around the world, and as much as possible going forward, we want to partner with them. Right. Well, um, yeah. So you're you're going to double, not double, but you're going to increase all the the. You're going to more than 
match all the bikes you've sold, you've given away up till now in the next year? Is your plan? Yeah, we're, we've we've been kind of a one, once a year uh, foundation up till about the, a year ago. We choose a site and we go right after Christmas and endow you know two to three hundred bikes, something like that, and. We, we just, you know, it was just becoming so apparent that the bikes were having uh, a good impact and, and we were enjoying it so much that uh, and, and receiving enough donations and things just to continue to expand. And so, yes, this year we're going to do uh, probably four more countries. Uh, Mongolia is on the possibility list, uh, Lesotho, Tanzania, uh, the Navajo Nation potentially here in uh, the desert southwest. Um, and potentially somewhere in, in uh, Latin America, maybe Ecuador. Uh, so uh, we'll, we'll do several trips. The first, I think, will kind of kick off potentially in Tanzania in June, and uh, all of these bikes will be delivered to extremely rural areas, uh, infusing these areas with bikes, and then setting up hub of bike shops where we can bring in volunteers, teach bike repair mechanics, even plant organic gardens. I mean, we're, we're not locked into just bikes here. We, we're locked into happiness, and we want the, the folks to be as happy as they can and to feel um, uh, liberated and, and uh, uh, autonomous with their bikes. And excuse me for, for yeah. panting a little bit. I, I was racing back to get on the phone with you guys. I was on my ride, my bike ride this morning. So, <laughs> so there's a gigantic hill right before I get back, gigantic. And uh, so I was plowing up that thing, so I'm still panting a little You're bit. You're in Utah right now. I'm in Utah, yeah, my folks' place, visiting. Good good biking up there. Yeah, it's nice. You know, there's some great canyons. Uh, uh, it's at elevation, so you you know the, you really you really get into shape quick. Uh, it's beautiful, beautiful and springy and uh, and nice. But uh, you know, I really enjoyed biking in L.A. I mentioned before we were talking that uh, uh, when I was down there, I, I spend about a month a year in L.A. Uh, working on various projects, and uh, I had a blast uh, last summer biking to and from sets um, when I was out there uh, across the city from West Hollywood to uh, North North Hollywood, rather to uh, Pasadena. You were making some kind of uh, media. Uh, this trip was I was working with my friend Kurt, uh, a terrific filmmaker down there on his uh, his features. I was uh, uh, pitching and helping him a little bit with that, and uh, had some meetings and things, and working on some my own projects of my own. And you can support yourself doing eighty eight bikes, or is that a sideline? Uh, yeah, no one. Uh, we, we don't we don't draw a salary from eighty eight bikes. It's purely philanthropic. Yeah. Uh, so the um, uh, yeah, so I support, my, support myself essentially through writing. Uh, books, directing documentaries, um, miscellaneous freelance projects, uh, stuff like that. And do you have a book you want to tell us about? Sure, yeah. Um, let's see, the last book that I wrote is called The Road Trip Pilgrim's Guide, and it's kind of about, it's uh, sort of a uh, anecdotal guidebook for going on a pilgrimage. It's, uh, it draws some experiences biking across America, um, biking down along the Gulf Coast of Mexico, another long 30-day bike tour through Europe, um, just kind of an anecdotal, fun little book, inspirational, aspirational, uh, for how to infuse travel with meaning. Um, the first book, uh, the one prior to that was called True Fans, and that was a memoir about biking across America, and so they're, they're both sort of bike-themed uh, books. So you're spreading uh, what you what you love to do uh, worldwide, then? Well, we're trying, yeah. I mean, I, I think that you know all of us who enjoy bikes can remember our first bikes, and and uh, the sense of freedom we had, and, and to this day, the you know, hopping on a bike is like it's uh, you know, if you're feeling down, it's therapy. If you're mm-hmm. feeling happy, it's expression of happiness. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's a it, it, it's a, it's a multifaceted uh, vehicle, and um, uh, you know, it's amazing what it can do. So transportation uh, and transportation, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's also useful. <laughs> right. as, as just a side benefit. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I, I can't imagine getting around. 
I've been stuck in a car all the time getting around. It's uh, it's just so nice to get off on your bike and just uh, cruise off uh, down the road. Um, I'm a huge advocate of class one bike trails in urban environments. You know, trails totally separate from the roads. Uh, getting one of those in a in a big city, finding one of those well maintained in a big city where you don't have to deal with traffic. It's it's just such a it's such a uh, 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 it's wonderful. You know, you find one of those guys and you can get on and just go. I wonder if we have one of those here in LA. You have a few. Um, you have a few. You have uh, uh, there's one. There's actually several. They're 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 a little bit disconnected, but there are several. Uh, there's one along the Los Angeles River that's, oh, right. that cuts in and out, yeah. and that's not too bad. And then uh, there's uh, there's a few others that go down the Royals. There's one from uh, oh boy, I think it goes to Long Beach all the way down from uh, uh, the mountains. So. Uh huh. Well, um, I will try to get the specific name of that. Um, and uh, definitely, when you're next time and you're in LA, you should come live to the studio because the phone is not is not the best sound. I'd love that. Yeah, I uh, maybe down there in June, and uh, yeah, it'd be great to see you guys. All right, great. And listen to kpfk.org for your interview. Cool. Thanks, Dan. And hey. uh, you're doing great work. Well, thanks a lot. I really appreciate having me on. And uh, you gonna get a ride in today? Yeah, I am. I'm gonna ride home from the studio at least. Super. All right, well, enjoy it. Be, right. be safe. Okay, you too. Okay, Thanks, too. Bye. That was cool? Yeah, that was pretty cool, man. That's amazing. Man, uh, yeah, life, life must be difficult out there. I think. I mean, I don't, I don't know, you know. I, yeah. I've lived poorly. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, they're obviously, like, very much more impoverished out there. Yeah. Um, I could only imagine. I, I don't know. You know, I've I've met a few uh, individuals in my time that um, are hunter gatherers. I I believe they identify themselves by. Basically, it's just individuals that decide to um, leave society behind and and go and live out in the in, in the wilderness, you yeah, know, or whatnot. And um, that's hard. Well, I I I don't know. You know, it, it's definitely. You, like anything else, you know, when people, I just think, oh, like, oh, that's a bomb or whatever, you know, or that homeless person, he's homeless because he's a bomb or this and that. I'm like, you know, because they don't want to work or something like that. And I mean, I, I got to argue that point because, I mean, whether even if you're just sitting down there spanging, you know, asking for change or you're walking around collecting cans or whatnot. And if you have a trailer, you can collect cans on your bike, too. Like, that's pretty cool. But, you know, it's all work, man. It's all work. And I'm thinking, you know, even hunter-gatherers, like, it's, it's work. It's work. They have to, you know, the, if you do not work in some form or way, you will go hungry and, uh, and, and, and diminish, you know. Like, there's yeah. always something that has to be done in order to, for one, to sustain themselves. But, well, um, and back to sustainability. So, but we are uh, at the end of time, at the end of our time, not the end of the of time itself. So, <laughs> so thanks for coming, Avram, and uh, thank you for having me. Yeah, maybe we'll come on again sometime. That was a good talk. And kpfk.org is where the podcast happens. This is bike talk at killradio.org. Our contact is live bike talk at gmail. Dot com. Boop, boop.
Round and round the town we go on our bicycles. Round and round our pedals go, moving fast, moving slow. Up and down the hills we go, hopping, popping as we go. Riding through the worst of storms, rain and sleet and snow. I ride my bicycle to work every day. And I take my bicycle home.